You were made for more than the status quo. I'm Pastor Steve Gray, and this is the More Faith, More Life podcast. This podcast is for Christians with an ambitious heart who want to be more for their family, do more with their career, and see more of God's promises in their life. I've spent many years as a worship artist, minister, nonprofit leader, bold truth speaker, and most importantly, father and spouse. When I was in my early 40s, I was craving more, more from God and more from life. I'd done everything I was supposed to do. My life was good, but it wasn't good enough. So I spent the following years diving into the Word of God and searching for the biblical principles that would bring me closer to God and help my purpose and life flourish. That's what I want to share with you. In every episode, you'll get practical tools based on real-life experiences that you can put into action to redefine your faith and, ultimately, your life. So, if you're ready to do more, subscribe to More Faith, More Life, and hear an unfiltered biblical truth every week. It's time to be and experience more. Hey, everybody. We're so glad that you're with us today on More Faith, More Life podcast. I've got with me my good friend, Roy Fields, that we've had on recently. But this time, rather than do it in a Zoom and all that, we're actually in Florida with him. He lives in Florida. So I thought, we got to get together and do this. And so we've been having a great time talking, laughing, talking about God, talking about life. And it's been really, really good. So I wanted to take this time to put him on again and just continue on some of the good things that God has done. And one of the things, Roy, that concerning me, the direction of our country is going, is there's plenty to be concerned about, inflation and, uh, you know, war and immigration, everybody does. But just the the lack of help that people are going to get if they continue on the course to just put God out of their lives. Mm-hmm. Even even some that are listening that they don't consider themselves super religious. Okay, okay. But get God back in your life. You yeah. know, get Jesus in your life. Get some God help because I think we're going to need it. You know, the direction we're going, things, just certain things in my opinion, uh, are showing signs that we're going to need a lot more God in our country, in our military, in our personal lives. And so some of the people, Roy, that listen, they're not super churchy, but I just encourage them to to forget all about that, forget about all the movie stars. You ever notice the movie stars that are in the movies, they'll have a little religion in the show, but mm-hmm. the but the but the main star, they always ask them about their religion and they all the main star is, well, I'm not too religious. Always the main star is never too religious, right. you know. And so we got to get get that out of our lives. Anyway, I got a question for you if I can a- a- ask you that I didn't a- sure. I've never asked you before. Sure. Um you that don't know, Roy's been a friend of mine for I don't know how many years. Uh, Gosh, I forgot how many. Two thousand eleven. He's so. been a tremendous worship leader, a music leader, songwriter for all those years, and uh, has done some really big things and done just regular things, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but he's a great worship leader, and I just and you still do it, and you still travel, and you've still been about doing great services. I just wanted to ask you the question though, because they always wonder about worship leaders. Why is it that now you're not setting a goal to like be a worship leader actually in a church? Um, I maybe should have asked you this and not in front of other no, people. It's, no, but, it's great. But great you know, question. churches are always looking for worship leaders, especially yeah. good ones. You're a great worship leader. You got a lot Thanks, of spirit. Man. Well, you are. You're doing a great job of what Thanks. you do. It's a good songwriter. You got a great voice. Great. Every, everything's good. So you could step into a worship job somewhere if, if my understanding is people look all the time. So, um, what is it? I mean, you could go be one, and you've been one. Well, but was, now you're still, you know, you're not at one church. I would say revival reckoning. 
Yeah. So ever since revival touched my life all those years ago, and I'm still in revival. I think last time I was on your podcast, I was telling you, we, the beginning of January, before Asbury started, we were in a 20-day revival in Hudson, Florida. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. You called me or we talked on the yeah, phone. Yeah. I mean, we were packed out most every night. Tons of people coming to the Lord. We had several healings, an increase of healing in people. Uh, I'm, I never have been satisfied with just being a worship leader, just worshiping the Lord. I wanted to see the stuff that I yeah. read about. Right. And I think, I think honestly, I, I'm going to say something pretty bold here right off the top. I feel like if you're a worship leader and you're not personally winning people to the Lord or seeing healing or seeing all the stuff that Jesus saw in his life, I would say, what are you really doing? Because that gives you the authority to sing what you sing when you worship him too, as you've experienced God. You know, David killed a bear and a lion with his hands, and he killed Goliath. He was also at war. He wasn't just singing a song to advance the front line of some army. He was physically out there doing it. And and that started with me years ago, uh, just wanting to see the stuff. Because I had so many people, when you lead worship, the presence of God will come, and somebody will get healed. And I'm thinking, man, I want to be a part of what Jesus did when he went and laid hands on somebody. So that grew in me over the years, and I just feel like there's even more authority there when you worship. There's even more of the presence of God because that's your heart and goal is after, is to see lives really, truly change, not just you sing and they feel good at the end of the day, but that you practice what you sing you practice what you're preaching you practice those things that's and, what i see and of course you know you've been around enough churches to know the liberty that you take in services most churches are going to put a restriction on you too at least time yeah and i vet or, i vet you know i yeah. vet yeah i vet pastors yeah. pastors used to vet me yeah right back 20 years ago they'd vet yeah. me uh, I now vet them because yeah. they call me to come, and I go, what do you really want? Yeah. You know who I am. You know what I do. Do you really want me to come to your church? Yeah. And, and uh, there are some that will say, well, actually, that's not really what we're looking for. And I go, that's okay. It's okay. That's okay. Yeah. And that's not really what I'm looking for. Yeah. I want to have a move of God. I want more people coming to the meetings. I want people to focus on the meaning of me being there is not me. It's him, and it's his presence. And I just, we act a little different, I guess, than some of the most mainstream. Uh, I, I think, you know, years ago, I would see some of the mainstream, and I love every single one of them. I love like Phil Wickham and Michael W. Smith and, you know, Chris Tomlin and all yeah, these, sure. Matt Redman. We sing their songs. Their songs have ministered to us for decades. Right. But everybody's called to a certain thing that God's given you the mandate for. And for me, I didn't feel the let's go down the mainstream way of, worship leading for me because I had been in revival, because I was raised in Pentecost and because I was raised in, you know, we, we had like country church where we, we did church in a barn when I was 15 yeah, years right. old. And we saw some of the most powerful things happen at one o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. And I feel like in 2023, it's not that we're trying to go visit and redig that and try to make that happen again. It's just those things happen when you start to go after God yeah, and you start removing all of these things we were talking about earlier, how I feel like in all these years later, I'm 46, <clears throat> I'll be 47 in November. It's almost like when you reach out to God 
and he touches you, you have the opportunity to either fall in love with him or fall in love with what he's given you. Yeah. And sometimes that gets difficult because you've struggled or you've, you've worked hard your whole life and you're trying to get to this place. You know, if I could just get here, then I'll have happiness. If I could just get here, I know I'll be really fulfilling the call of God and everything. And really at the end of the day, I feel like some of us have packaged it a little too much Mm -hmm. and we almost have to go redig and go back to the basics again. Like you're talking about, you know, you're at a new place with the Lord yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Because all the years you just went to through, all the basics. That's right. Yeah. Go back to your first love. That's Revelation chapter three. It's Jesus knew that. He knew that we would be like the Davids, the psalmists, the preachers, the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers. It wasn't like he had an irritation with us just that you're not doing what I told you to. He always gives us a way to come back to what matters. Yeah. And I think that's really what it's about is coming back to what matters. We've seen all the stuff. We've seen the crowds. We've seen the people. But your relationship with the Lord, uh, the intimacy has to continue. You know, when this is all over with Pastor Steve and we're done with our churches and ministries and traveling and we've done our books and we've put our CDs out and everything, it's you and God. Yeah, That's it. It comes down to you and God. And uh, I'm still learning that. But some of you listening to, if you're new or wondering, he mentions the word revival. And remember, a true revival is for maybe you, somebody that you already believe in God, but you're not got you've not you've lost the life of loving God and living for God. And you know what? That's okay because you're not alone. People are everywhere, ministers, worship leaders, pastors. We get in this situation where we get distant from God the God we still believe in. So I know that a lot of you listen, you believe in God, but you need to be revived. You need a renaissance, if nothing else, a renaissance, a refreshing of God. And that's what he's trying to say too, is that's when these things begin to happen to a greater degree. Some God things begin to happen. And that's what's missing in most people's life, church attenders, or even non-church attenders who still pray if there's, uh, you know, they they run out of money and they they do pray. They do believe and they do pray but they're living a dis- long-distance relationship, and we know those don't work. So he says we're revival. That's for you, you people who need that, that jolt from God, and you can have it. We both got it. Others are getting it, and it's a, it's a, it's a day when God is beginning to make it e- as easy as it's ever been yeah. to get a fresh touch from God. Absolutely. And when he makes it easy, you need, they, you need to grab hold of it and do it. You know, one thing, is, one thing about Roy is he is a true worshiper, And we don't have as many of those around as we need, worship leaders who get us worshiping. And that's, I find it hard when I find a worship singer, they sing worship songs, so they're just a singer. And trying to explain to them, you're you're being a worship singer, I want you to be a worship leader. And uh, and when they, and and I've tried to help, they, they stumble, like they're trying. Okay, everybody, but you have to have, well, you tell us, you got to uh, have that some before you get up there. You know what I'm saying? You need to have the heart of a pastor if you're going to be a worship leader. Yeah, in, yeah, absolutely. You really do. Because, you know, somebody says, well, is worship pastor even in the Bible? What title is that? Well, it's very simple. Worship's in the Bible. And he gave part of the five-fold calling offices pastor. Yeah. So there's worship and there's pastor. If you're going to lead worship, you need to actually care truly about the people more than you do about your voice and what you're playing and singing. You should still be skilled. You should practice every single day throughout your life. Don't let your rehearsal in church be your place that you practice. Right. But I have found, for me, 
every service I've ever done, my goal is to get the person that's in the way back with yeah. their arms folded. Yeah, the, and if you, I've you, seen you, them move out of their seat in the next 20 minutes, I feel like mission accomplished. Yeah. Because I reach them. In the front, it's easy. You can make close. a mistake of ministering to the people in the front row. Correct. Who are, they got there early. But. And they stay late. That's correct. But but to bring it back to being real authentic is that you genuinely need, you genuinely need to have a compassion and a pastor's heart for the congregation so that it's not your debut. It's not your. And look, I'm not against people debuting. I think solo guitars, you got a brother, Danny, who plays. Yeah, right. You know, I think there needs to be more solos and, yeah. and guitar solos at that at that point. But you need to you need to realize your job is to bring those people into the presence of the Lord. And you really can't take them if A, you haven't been there yourself. And B, it'll be fake if you really genuinely don't care about the people. Yeah. Because if you just beat them to death, come on, why aren't you singing? What's wrong with <laughs> I know, you people? You, get you that suck. A lot. Yeah, right. It's you, like, get a, you hear that. Holy you know? cow, dude. I just yeah. got my wife here in the car. I just got my kids finally dressed. I'm here yeah, in church yeah, and at yeah, least I'm uh, here. Yeah. You know, and then you're beating them to death. Yeah. It's like, okay, uh, you don't need to be like that. You need to be a pastor in that sense. But then once you get in the thick of it, there's nothing wrong with challenging. There's sure. nothing wrong with saying, let's bring if it you up really a little ca- If you really care about the people, it always comes out yeah. right. And they'll if know you it. Know, if you don't, then it's just... And they'll know yeah, it. Yeah, right. You'll reach them because they'll hear your heart language. Yeah, right. I think that's the thing that is the most is we live in a time, and again, I want to be careful how I say this, but we live in a time where it's so polished, it's so packaged, that the majority of people are there just closing their eyes, hoping that they get a vibe. Yeah. Worship's not a vibe. Worship is not even a feeling. Worship is one of the holiest things we could ever do with God. Where you completely, you know what I do in my in my heart all these years now? And I still I all of us have to fight it because you always start in the flesh. You always start with you kicked your dog the other day because he's just ripping the place apart. You yelled at your whatever's going on. You just got stuff going on in life. And now you're standing here in the congregation and you're worshiping the Lord. And you're so in your head. Like most people are in their head. They're thinking about yeah, everything. Right, of course, yeah. Right. And what I've learned to do is, and you have to practice this, it is a discipline. It's not a do's and don't. It's a discipline to say, I don't care what I have to think about. I'm not going to do that right now. I am giving my full heart and attention to Jesus. Yeah. And I'm going to worship him with every fiber of my being by the Spirit. And when that starts to happen, and I've noticed this every time, you probably have it yourself. When you get your eyes off of yourself, your problems, everything else, the person, what they're doing over there, oh my gosh, look who's here at the church. I thought they were having problems and stuff like that. And you just get your eyes on Jesus. All of a sudden, time stops. You're not aware of anything, and his presence comes. Yeah, I can tell you every time I've done that, every time I've done that, every time he shows up in my life right at that moment, and I am fully understanding in that moment, why don't I just do this every day? Yeah, yeah, right. This is really what it's about. Lift up Jesus. Let all of the problems go off to the side and just focus on him. That's what worship should really be. You know, I have a pet peeve uh, that I don't know if it's right or wrong about worship leaders as I watch. And so I have a little bit of a pet peeve. Um, and that's the worship. Well, first of all, I think the churches and worship and thing, I think they're doing a whole lot better in their praise 
got a lot of dancing denominational people. I started to say the denomination, okay. but, but different denominations, they have some good music and the people are dancing and they're twirling and they're clapping and they're jumping up and down, which they never would have done 10 years ago or whatever. But they shut down when it comes to try to worship and they don't know what to do. And because they don't know what to do, this is where my pet peeve comes, is the person that sings the entire song with their eyes closed. Yeah. I, oh, it's my pet peeve. And I, I actually have had a hard time with that. But I know they don't necessarily mean wrong because it's no, all they've learned. They don't. But what does that tell you about caring about people? Yeah. Right. If you care about people, you open your eyes and you share and you watch them and you talk to them. If you want to close your eyes for a minute or two, like you're giving a kiss. Okay. But nobody wants to in a relationship with the guy who all he does is every time you get around him, you close your eyes, True. you you show importance with your eyes. Yeah. And so I try to tell them, but it's a little bit of intimidation. They're a little nervous. And so it's easy, but they don't do it so much on praise, but they do it with worship. Well, if you're going to do it, do it on both, but better, just do it a little bit. Because as I tell him too, and Jesus, when he prayed, he lifted up his eyes and broke bread. His eyes are open. And I, I understand some of it, some of it, but it's also a very bad habit to say, I don't care about you. I'm going to close myself off. Just sure. me and the Lord. Would you like to watch me do that? I think some people do it because <clears throat> they're trying to not concentrate on all the lights and everything yeah. around. So they're trying to get quiet and they're trying to get not quiet, but, you know, get sure. focused. But at the same time, I think about Jesus, how his eyes aren't closed when he's talking to you. His yeah, eyes right. are full of fire. You know, as a worship leader, I can say, a lot of people have said to me, you know, you you, you seem to take, this is what I've had people say to me. This is not yeah. me saying this. They would say, you know, when you come and lead worship, you take command of the whole place. And I go, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Yeah, absolutely. The atmosphere absolutely. is full of, wickedness, devils, religion, all kinds of stuff, we're literally grabbing the enemy by the throat and going, you will shut up for the next 45 yeah. minutes to three hours or five, if that's how long the service goes, get over there. And then we just declare the goodness of God. We worship and praise him. But my eyes are open because I want people to look into my eyes because I have nothing to hide. Yeah. All you're going to see is, wow, this guy really wants to worship God. Yeah. You know who said that to me is Andrew Womack. Oh, yeah? You know who Andrew yeah, Womack yeah, is? Yeah, sure. Kathy's we were... a big fan of him. She listens oh, every day to him. He's a great, he's, he's an amazing guy. He's been, my men, he's been one of my mentors for 12 years. And he was, we were in uh, Norway together. And it was the first time I ever met him. And ever since then, we've been friends. And, and he goes, Roy, when you worship God, you actually worship God. <laughs> And I was That's just like, exactly what we're talking I mean, about. To me, it was yes. kind of foreign. It was like, right. doesn't yeah, everybody course, else? He's yeah. like, no, because they don't believe who they're singing to. Yeah. They're just doing it as a vibe. You know, I, you know what I pray for this generation? This is what I pray for this generation. Let's talk about Asbury for a minute. The Asbury revival that happened right. in that college. Okay. Right. Do you know what was so awesome about it is it wasn't spectacular. It was a couple of teenagers that were playing untuned pianos untuned guitars the, the guitars were it drove me nuts but it, the guitars weren't in tune as much but the whole congregation was in complete unity and they were lifting their hands and worshiping god and there was nothing spectacular to me i would say the spirit of worship not just the testimony from that one young guy or whoever it was it's the spirit of worship in the room 
that brings everybody together and nobody's thinking about themselves. They're thinking about Jesus. And then Jesus begins to speak to them about whatever he's dealing with them on and loving them. And if you can get that place into unity, that's where the move of God starts to happen because everybody's on the same page and only the spirit of God can do that. But he flows through you. You're the conduit. And we need worship leaders that are not, Lendl Cooley said this one time, he says, why is it that the humble musicians are not that skilled? (laughs) And why are the skilled musicians the most cockiest, prideful people? And And he he, would know, he was around a lot of them. And he'd even say he was one of them at one point. (laughs) That's what he said. Yeah. And, And you know what his cry was? He goes, Come on, you cocky, prideful musicians. Just humble yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought, what about the humble people that are unskilled? Yeah. No. But that's the that's the whole point is why is it that you gotta have you gotta have this great skill, but there's no worship. And yet you get these people that are so humble, but they don't take time to actually work on their yeah. craft. You know, Lind- Lindell's a good example uh to both of us because we both loved him and Lindell Cooley. Lindell Cooley. Yeah, yeah. I should thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh and but but as you know, as a worshiper, you know, sometimes he would close his eyes, mm-hmm. but remember those moments when he'd sing a song and cock his head up and he'd just look up into the sky oh my gosh, and yeah. sing and you go like he looks like he's seeing God. Yes. <clears throat> and yes. it makes me see God. Yes. It makes me feel him and see him because he's looking into heaven or also looking at us. I've never he heard you gift. say that. I've never heard you gift. say that. All yeah. the time I've known you, yeah. I've never heard you say yeah. that. And I thought I was like one of the only ones no. that saw that. And, and and it's so strong. And when you've seen it and felt it, then you get another person who closes their eyes as though they don't, you know, it's, I'm going to close off. I'm going to get God for myself, but we're not there for ourselves. And he didn't do that. He pulled us. He just pulled us in in a gifted way. I, I don't know how he, you know, yeah, in the natural, I don't know how he did it, but he I mean, it. I was 19 mm-hmm. when I watched him lead worship and you would have been there in 96, the yep, same time yep. year I was there. And I remember thinking to myself, is Jesus hanging out in the rafter? Yeah. And I, I'm not being funny or being sacrilegious, no, but, but is Jesus hanging out in a toga right now? Just looking yeah. down at Lendl because the vision, and I didn't go into a vision. I didn't see this thing play on a screen. It's like in my spirit, I was like, he is convinced and persuaded that who he's singing to is actually sitting right there. And that messed yeah. me up. Yeah. And I remember from that day on, I said, Lord, I want that relationship I had with never you. seen or felt anything like it at the time because it was so personal and so universal to everybody's have, everybody's not everybody, the general everybody is experiencing something. But it's so universal, but when you look at him and people like him and look mm. and you, because you've picked it up too, you do the same thing. Uh, but uh, it's though he's in touch with God, but I'm not left out. He, like he cares about me too, because he'll look out. You know, so it's just it was just one of the best examples that I, I would I, saw. I would say I believe him. Yeah, and you do it too, though. Um, but I'm saying is that he believed. And yeah. that made me believe. believe exactly. And now I believe. Yeah. It, it because he believed, yeah. I now believe. Yeah. So I can actually sing words and I know that the Lord hears me. I know that he hears my worship. I know he hears my song. Not everybody's convinced that he can hear you. Yeah. Not You're everybody. a very convincing worship leader, I think, too. You've got that <laughs> same thing. Yeah, well, you are. You're very, you know, it's very convincing <laughs> to mm-hmm. listen to you. And I appreciate that uh, and your heart and your passion and do you do it. and. Um, you don't 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not really, you're not a people pleaser, but you're, but you love people. You're not, oh, you're not going to make people mad, but you're not doing it for people. You're doing it with the people, with God, with the people. It's just, um, you're, you're, I think you're a lot like me too. Um, if I look out and I see it's going great in the front part where, you know, all the people who want to worship and sing, but you see that guy in the back or you see a group in the back and they've sat down or they're just looking off and they're not singing anything at all. That bothers me in a good way where I find, I I found it, maybe I'm just being wrong here, but that so many just don't care. I mean, if I'm looking good and they're liking me and I get paid and, and I get applause, they don't care. And I, it, it really bothers me. I want everybody to get it yeah. and everybody can, everybody, everybody listening to right now, whatever you're thinking of what he says and what I say, um, there's something for you from God and you can get it if you just want it. But we're, we're two guys that want it really bad for you. We're, we're not, we're not uh, asking you for anything, but just open your heart, try to get close to God. You're going to be a, you're going to be better for yourself. You're going to love yourself better. You know, some people, they're, they're trying to love themselves. I tell them, I said, you'll never have to hear another sermon on self-esteem if you just walk with God, because mm. it's so esteeming mm. to be near the living God. And I, I appreciate that you said that, too. You see that one guy back there with his arms folded. Yeah. And he, he wants so bad. I, I want because you he so can't bad wait, to get he, it. He can't wait to get out of here. Yeah. He just, he, you know, he's sitting in the back observing everything, and he's, a lot of people don't understand that everybody's being observed at the same time. And you might be observing, but somebody's observing you observing. And that guy in the back is watching and he already knows who's real, who's not real, what's real, what's fake. He's looking for the real. When the real shows up, which we use Lendo Cooley as an example, because it was like something we look to in our lives at different places in our lives Yeah, that we, we, we believe and we, we recognize the real genuine article. Something's going on here. And then all the scriptures of how David must have worshipped God, even though he's just a kid who's out in the pasture and there's some sheep and it smells yeah. and it's not nice fragrance and there's not lights and there's not perfect musician. He's got a, a layer or a, a harp or whatever he's, he's playing and he's, you know, it's not tuned. It's somewhat tuned. Yeah, right. It might not be tuned perfectly but his heart is making the final ingredient. And I believe that guy in the back is looking for that. And when he sees it, he's convinced. And guess what happens? He enters in. Yeah. When he enters in, it's over bait. He's in. And all of a sudden he's doing business with God and God's doing business with him. We just got a few minutes left, but I got another question for you. Yeah. It's bringing up this guy in the back type. Thing. Sure. Now we, I love that guy in the back. Yeah, and and I want to. I'm going to ask you a question. You've ever done this before? <laughs> you probably have, but I want to know. I want to hear it. So, you got all these people. We're supposed to be singing to the Lord, worshiping the Lord, the helping the people along, guiding the whole crowd. Have you ever changed gears just for that one guy? Absolutely. I I knew the answer, but I've absolutely. Done it too. Like, and you just shut the thing down, and you start ministering to that one guy, or or maybe there's several guys or gals. Absolutely. And, you, and all the people that are worshiping are like, "What? We were doing so good. Mm-hmm. Everyone was enjoying the music so much." But you start you you God gives you their thoughts. You know their yeah. thoughts. You know their questionings. You know their maybe they're critical, maybe not. And I think that's the other thing is is that that person's not even expecting that to happen. Yeah. 
they're just coming to another service. Some fanatic dragged them or they're a fanatic themselves and they've had enough at church or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or they're in the back and they feel like they're cut off and the whole thing shifts because if you're led by the spirit and here's the deal, I don't know who we're talking to when we're saying this, Yeah, but, who knows? Maybe you know, whoever's guys, watching else. this, you know, your pastor's got to be on board with you taking that liberty. But if you have a worship service, when you, when you follow the spirit and you listen to hear the spirit of God while you're worshiping the Lord, while you're leading people in worship, you need to be able to have the discipline to take what you love feeling and it's great and you just, you're a great conduit. But God really wants to touch that person in the back because yeah. everybody else is doing great. Yeah. But that guy needs it. And so guess what? It's like a Spock quote. I hate to say it, but it's like the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the yeah, many. Yeah, because the crowd thinks you're doing great and they're all enjoying it. Yeah. And I'm like that too. And a lot of people, they just don't see that guy and right. don't care. Yeah. But to me, it's just a wonderful moment. And when, don't care is the issue. Yeah, that you're willing to, you're willing to take this risk and I'm going to say the thing that that guy is thinking I'm going to help that guy or that guy. And there could be several. And I like it because it's almost like Jesus saying Zacchaeus, the tax collector, Zacchaeus, I'm shutting this thing down because I'm after your heart today. I'm after you. I'm going to give you a visitation today. And there's people listening. They could be, if they don't know the story, the Zacchaeus, the short guy, he went to see Jesus because he was short. He climbed a tree, but God came to that. He was very unpopular as a tax collector. And he says, but I'm going to visit you. And everybody was shocked. You're going to visit him. And we, we have listeners right now, you know, guys, gals, entrepreneurs, rich, poor, uh, struggling, not struggling. Uh, but it doesn't matter, whatever. It's not just struggling people that need a visitation from God mm. or need a moment with God. Everybody needs it. Everybody. Everybody. To give you peace of mind, to be a better dad, a better mom. It's not to read a book on how to be a better dad that a dad wrote. Read the book that God wrote, right? Read the right. Bible. Absolutely. Find out what it is. Great father. Great time. And and our lives have just been uh, completely changed. We've been friends for a long time. We've gone for God for so many years, and we're still going to do it. There's no yep. yeah, nothing to change in our minds. That's why I tell people. Uh, sometimes I pray that salvation prayer, and I end it with, and I'm never going to change my mind. This is yep. it. I'm well, not. thank you, everybody, for listening. Roy, thank you for being with yeah, us. Man. Just uh, we, we actually visited about a couple hours before we started visiting with you guys. So it's been a great flow for us. We appreciate you being a part of this and uh, watching More Faith, More Life. And Roy, I thank you for helping us to Thanks. build some lives and, yeah, and uh, encouraging some people today. Till next time. Bye-bye. Awesome.